Hello and welcome to the Locust and Honey Podcast. We are two Reformed Southern Baptists who desire to speak the truth of the gospel to the heart of the culture. We're also proud members of the Biblical and Reformed Network. Today is episode 30. Join us as we discuss The Whole Head is Sick. If you would like to support our growing podcast, you can do so several ways. One, you can leave us a comment and share our podcast on your social media. Two, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Or three, you can follow the link in our show notes to find all of the other ways you can support us and connect with us. Hear, O heaven, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know, my people do not understand. Alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord, they have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Why will you still be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole head is sick, the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But bruises and sores and raw wounds, they are not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. Your country lies desolate, your city is burned with fire. In your very presence, foreigners devour your land. It is desolate as overthrown by foreigners. And the daughter of Zion is left like a booth in a vineyard, like a lodge in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. If the Lord of hosts has not left us a few survivors, we should have become like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams, of the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you have come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my court? Bring me no more vain offering. Incense is an abomination to me. New moons and Sabbaths and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moon and your appointed feast my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good. Seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Well, hello and welcome back to the Locust and Honey Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Andrew. And this is episode 30. Hmm. Man, we've been doing this for a hot minute. We've been doing it for 30 Episodes. 30 episodes, which would be 30 weeks, but... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what it's amount not. of time that... We've been doing it since late October, so... Almost a year. Almost a year. Hmm. Coming quick. Yeah. So for our one-year mark, we're going to do a, a big question cast episode. So we need you guys to send us some questions in. Andrew, how can they reach us to send us in questions? They can reach us in our Facebook group. 
You can send us messages on Facebook. You can email us at info at locustandhoney.net. Or you can follow us on Instagram at locustandhoneypodcast. And you can send us messages there with your questions. But, uh, yeah, so that's coming up. Uh, it'll be October 31st, which is Reformation Day. will be our one-year mark. And send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to answer questions that you guys have. But today is not that day. Mm-mm. Today's episode 30. Andrew, affirm something and deny something for me, man. All right. Well, I am going to affirm my wife Emma's birthday, which was yesterday. Oh, so I'm, I'm sensing a trend here. Mm-hmm. You affirmed your birthday too. Yes. I so, like to affirm birthdays. Are you a habitual birthday affirmer? I guess you can say that. You didn't based affirm on my, my birthday. Your birthday hadn't come yet. We oh. hadn't recorded over your birthday yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So get ready because you'll have a birthday affirmation coming your way. I can't wait. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Affirm um, your affirmation. So my wife, Emma, turned 25 yesterday. It's crazy to me that we are 25. Seems like just the past. We've been dating for, to dating, we've been together for like seven years. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. And we started dating when we were both 18. (laughs) Yeah. So now we're 25, which is crazy. It's like we've going through a whole phase of life together, it seems like. Um, yeah. And we hopefully have, Lord willing, many more to go through together. So, um, yeah, happy birthday to her. It was a good day yesterday. We had cake. We had uh, church. So we got to come to church and celebrate it. Would you everybody. say that the church is a building? No, we got to celebrate with our church family. Gotcha. Yeah. So it was good. It was a good day. And... um that's my affirmation. Nice. Did did she have presents? She did have presents. Nice. Yes, yes. Well, I affirm your affirmation. Well, good. You're welcome. Thanks. So I am going to affirm the United States military. So we recently, uh, as of Saturday night for us, Sunday morning, if you were local in Kabul— <laughs> We sent a drone to take out the now present leader of Al-Qaeda. He was in Kabul and he had a little back porch type thing that he would go out on. And we sent a drone that took him out and it didn't, we didn't take on any additional casualties, um, just him. And so it just shows how capable our military is. So to all the men and women that are serving, um, we here affirm you and are appreciative of what you're doing. So he was the, I guess the second in command under bin Laden, came from Egypt. And we, he was an older guy now, like 70 years old, but he's kind of been, once we took out bin Laden, he kind of became the head of Al-Qaeda. And Al-Qaeda is not what it was, but... He's done a lot of bad stuff to a lot of people and directly been involved in the murdering of a lot of people. And so uh, I affirm us taking him out. So, wouldn't he like the one of the masterminds behind 9 yeah. 11 with mm-hmm. the 
He was. And a lot of his... So, if you don't know the whole history, <clears throat> he was kind of uh, the leader of this Egyptian uh, jihadist group that him and bin Laden kind of partnered together and merged in, under al-Qaeda. But he brought a lot of his people with him. And so, yeah, they were... He was involved with the 2000 bombing of the ship. He was involved in a bunch uh -huh. of other stuff too. And then also directly involved with 9-11. So, uh, yeah, we got him. The Taliban saying they were not aware that he was in Kabul, and that's just a big surprise. But it also shows the, the might of the American military that we mm. were able— we have no troops on the ground, and we were able to infiltrate into Kabul and take that guy out. Um, it really without. is. I mean, it's amazing when you think about that. Because yeah. there was there was one. Wasn't it? I think during the Trump administration, they took out somebody mm. on a tarmac. Yeah, with like other people, right there, and they just well, hit and him. And what they were talking about is they were talking right. about what they were going to use, and they could either use an explosive missile that would go and take him out, or. Uh, they said the other option they were considering was this non-explosive round that sent out, um, not like razors, but like, I don't know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, like razors that expanded. And, uh, I don't know. Seems, seems pretty, <laughs> pretty intense. interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but they did that. And, uh, and so, yeah, just to affirm their, their capability to, keep america safe yeah now that technology i mean that's a whole different like getting into just war theory in the modern era and what that looks like mm -hmm. but in this case that would fall under just war criteria and uh and so yeah military and uh first responders police officers all those people we affirm you and support you and keeping us safe <clears throat> so andrew mm -hmm. deny something for me man all right, I'm going to deny virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. Signaling, yeah. What, what do you mean by that? Um, so, I mean, just doing things for the sake of gaining more high ground um, on other people. Even do, do people do that today? I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an example for those that aren't familiar with virtue signaling. I can think of two right, right off the top of my head. One is probably 80% at least of this entire COVID response, I feel like, has been just a mass virtue signal. Of in what It's way? turned into a religion, really. I mean, it's turned into like a... In that... So, like, I remember when the vaccine was, you know... A hot topic. I mean, it's still, I guess, it is. But, but, like, you know, like a I year think you ago, you have to say the jab now. The jab. Yeah. Otherwise, we get kicked off of platforms. Oh, yeah. well, I remember when the jab was a hot topic, and uh, so I guess it still is a hot topic. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> but like, it was like if you didn't get it, then you were kind of shunned. Seemed like well, because you, you hated know? your neighbor. You hated your neighbor, and that's not just from. That's not even that. The church was preaching. It's a lot of people in the church were preaching stuff like that. Yeah. So there's that. And then also you've got masks and things like that now that people wear outside, you know. No, it gets with me. With no one around even them. Even now. What, so like there's 
people that are getting COVID now, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> the death rate is microscopic and the hospitalization rate is minimal. Yeah. You know? Uh, so nowadays, COVID, as it continues to progress and it continues to evolve and transform, it's weakening. Um, but like you've got people now that are driving in their car by themselves with their masks on. Yeah. And and I think that's two things. I think, yeah, I mean, part of it could it definitely is virtue signaling, but I also think that people are just, it's gotten to a point of just psychology of just, right. you know. But um, I don't know how you're still scared. Yeah. Almost three years Especially when you lived an entire life before COVID existed right. where you didn't do any of that stuff. It'd yeah. be one thing if like people who were born pro- post-COVID, which I know they're like two years old, but like they don't know anything else, right? you know? Um, yeah. it's So you got that. And then you also have what you see with like woke uh, business and um, not just critical race theory stuff, but like transgender stuff, LGBTQ stuff. Um, you so know, like all the logos during Pride Month? That all the logos during Pride Month. Oh my gosh. And then you've got like, even in like Major League Baseball, like the Braves had a Pride game. Right. My, my and, and then the other thing is, it always gets me because my birthday is in the month of June. So I like look forward to it, but then I don't because in the month of, the month of June is Pride Month. So like, it's just, it's a mess. Anyway, I'm going to deny that. I'm going to deny virtue signaling. I think that a lot of corporations and businesses are doing things and have done things that they would not have done otherwise, but they want to show people that they are woke and in tune with the culture. And I don't like that. So, well, And it goes back to what we've already said, that the culture is preaching. Yeah, it's telling you what's right and wrong. It's telling you what's acceptable and not acceptable. There is a standard and there is a flag and there is it's a religion. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and so, if you're gonna worship the God of the people, then here is what you have to believe, and here's how you show that you worship that and all of that. Mm-hmm. And to the point that it's gotten into writing, it's gotten into movies. I oh, mean, yeah. you've got movies like the Lightyear movie tanked, right? Bad. Yeah. Really bad. And, Way and because, worse than I thought it was going to. Yeah. And yeah. so, anyway. Well, yours kind of goes into mine. Uh, my denial is the LGBTQ+, plus, specifically, more so, the trans community. Uh, I deny their definition of a woman mm-hmm. or their ability to define a woman. Um. <clears throat> So this started back when they were doing the hearings for the the newest Supreme Court justice. Ketanji and, Brown. Yeah, and justice so they asked her, um, how do you define a woman? Mm-hmm. And she kind of chuckled and condescendingly said, I'm not a biologist, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, but then if you talk to a trans person or if you talk to a non-binary person and you ask them what is a woman um, they're going to tell you a woman is somebody who identifies as a woman mm-hmm. ultimately is their answer right mm-hmm. so uh, if I'm a trans woman what that actually means is I'm a genetic male 
that identifies as a female. Um, okay, so what are you identifying with? Right. Is the follow-up to that. Mm-hmm. And there's not an answer. Um, so there's there's no definition to what a woman is. And and I deny that because, one, it's a, it's a circular fallacy, mm-hmm. right? A woman is somebody who identifies as a woman. Okay, yeah. we'll define what they're identifying as. Somebody who identifies as that. That's not <laughs> it just an goes answer. round and round, yeah. Yeah, it's it's non. It's not. It does. There's no reasoning to yeah. that, you know. Um, but then two, it strips actual women of their dignity and worth and value, mm-hmm. you know. And we're seeing that in sports, where men who identify as women are now beating women at women's sports. You see where men who identify as women are now being women of the year for having only been a woman for not even a year, yeah, you know? And so it's it's not fair to actual women who were born women and are living the life of a woman. Uh, they're, they're raising kids. They're taking care of homes and families and doing all these different things while some of them still have jobs and all this other stuff too. But we affirm women as the Bible defines them and I deny this this new non-definition of what a woman is so that I can continue to to push my ideolo- my ideology. Mm-hmm. And so my affirmation or my denial also uh, kind of leads into a plea. If there would be anybody that would debate me on the definition of a woman, uh, preferably from the trans community or the fluid non-binary community um please reach out to us we would love to have you on the show and sit down and have a peaceful non-aggressive conversation on what is a woman uh in today's society and what how does the bible define that too yeah so if you know somebody that you think might be interested reach out to them and contact us at locust and honey podcast be good. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, or email us at info at locusthoney.com. Nope, dot net. Dot net, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I, I would really love to have that conversation. Um, anyway, in the meantime, Andrew, the whole head is sick, huh? The whole head is sick, you heard. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's Let's talk about it. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, so what we just read, what we read at the beginning of the show, Isaiah chapter one is where you find that. Um, So it says the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. So it's not, what we're talking about is not, um, the problem that we have in the church and the problem that we have in culture is not simply a, hey, let's tweak this and then it'll, it'll be fixed. Okay. It's a worship problem. Yeah. It is a heart problem. The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint because we are not worshiping the Lord as he desires to be worshiped. That's what I would say. It's a long answer but that's what it comes down to all right yeah so you you said isaiah so isaiah 
his name actually means Yahweh is salvation. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah was a prophet to Israel um, right at their destruction. You know, Isaiah prophesies the destruction of Israel. And he had a, a tough row to hoe of him. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of times we've talked about it on here. Uh, a passage that I go to a lot is Isaiah 6. Um, but if you look at what happens there, Isaiah sees God high and lifted up. He falls on his face and is purified. And then he hears the Lord saying, whom shall we send and who will go for us? And he says, here am I, Lord, send me. A lot of people stop there with the passage. But um, here am I, send me. And God said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and their eyes blind, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then Isaiah said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until cities are lying waste without inhabitants and houses without people and the land is desolate um, and the Lord removes people far away and, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And so he basically says, Isaiah, you are going to bring my judgment on my people. And and he tells us leading up to that why that judgment's coming. And he also tells them what the the byproducts of that, the people being sick, what are those byproducts, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so... As I was reading and studying just Isaiah 1 through 5, uh, it really is reminiscent of the current American culture today. And if that's the case, then the American church is just as sick right now. Yeah. Um, so specifically where we're getting this from is Isaiah 1, chapter 5, or chapter 1, verse 5. Why will you still be struck down and why will you continue to rebel against me? And then he tells them why. Because the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. And then in verse 7, it says, Your country lies desolate, your cities are burned with fire. In your very presence, foreigners devour your land. It is desolate as overthrown by foreigners. And why is this happening? Because God's people are sick. They can't defend because they're sick, you know? And um, and so uh, you, you see God's children... It uh, starts off in verse 2. It talks about children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. God's children have rebelled against him. He created them. He has brought them out of Egypt. He's given them a nation. He's given them a kingdom. He's given them wealth. He's given them protection. He's given them honor, all these different things but they've continued to whore after other gods. They're chasing other things. Um, They've got God who's being faithful to bless them, but instead of loving him and worshiping him as he desires to be worshiped, they want to worship everything else in creation rather than the creator. And, um, and, And God tells them the reason that that's happening is because their whole head is sick. Uh, His people have become ill. And so because of that, their country lies desolate. And uh, God's people have been going through the motions of worship with dirty hearts and dirty hands. Uh, 
That's why he says, I'm tired of all of these things that you're doing. Um, when you come to appear before me, who has required this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. Uh, I have become... Um, all these things that you're doing, they have become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. And, uh, and, and so what we see there is, is just what I said. You've got um, God's people that are they're going through these motions of worship with dirty hearts and dirty hands. And when I look at the culture around us, um, that's, that's us, you know, uh, when, when, when you look at the American culture and so America is not God's chosen nation. Uh, we're, we're, we're not ethnocentric, me and you. We don't think that the world revolves around us. We don't mm-hmm. think that we need to push, uh, American ideology on everybody because we've got everything right. Um, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am arguing is that America was founded on biblical principles. And so America is a good experiment of what it looks like to build a nation off of biblical principles. And if you look at the history of America, God has blessed us. Mm-hmm. Um, he's blessed us financially. He's blessed us um, with, with security. He's blessed us with a, a bunch of different things. If you look at all the wars that have gone on since America's existence— um, there's been one internal war, the civil war that's happened here. And then the initial revolutionary war, the war for independence has happened here. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, there's not been any wars that have taken place on our soil. And, and so we are a nation that has been blessed by the Lord. And, and I would argue that we've been blessed by the Lord because we're a nation that was built on biblical foundations. And, and God is faithful and his word is true and uh and he does want what's good for us but um just like israel we in times of blessing have hoard after other things and and so um as the lord's been blessing us we've taken all of those blessings and we've hoarded them up for ourselves and we're using it for our own glory and we've started to worship the creation rather than the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in doing that, that makes us sick. It makes the whole head sick, the whole heart faint. And, uh, and so when you look at verse 7, this is where America is now. Your country lies desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. In your very presence, foreigners devour your land. It is desolate as overthrown by foreigners. And... Um, so I, I'm reminded of all of the peaceful protests that took place in 2000. Mostly peaceful 2022. Protests. And uh, <laughs> you've got these peaceful protests that leave these cities burned with fire and desolate, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and it's just, if you look at the left today, and if you look at the, the political gap between the left and the right today, um, if you look at topics like abortion and what is a woman and, um, LGBTQ plus issues and, uh, social justice issues and all of these things today, we are a nation greatly divided and we're a nation divided by people who want to continue to live under biblical ideas for governance 
and then people who want to completely reject and deconstruct that, right? Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> so I, I, I think that's, that's where we are. Um, but what's interesting to me is the people here in Isaiah and the people today we look a lot and think a lot like Uzzah. And uh, Uzzah in scripture, most of you won't know his name, but you've heard the story of Uzzah before. So the Ark of the Covenant has been taken and it's getting returned because it was wreaking havoc amongst the Philistines. <laughs> and they're like, uh, take it back. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> get this thing out of here. Yeah. So they're they're bringing it back. And as they're bringing it back, they have to cross this river and as they're crossing the river, the Ark of the Covenant, one of the guys that's carrying it by the pole, slips and falls, and Uzzah reaches his hand up to touch the Ark to stabilize it, and then he drops down to the ground dead. I heard a R.C. Sproul sermon on Uzzah before, and one thing that he brought out, I think it's really good, so I want to bring it out as well. But what he said was, uh, with Uzzah, the problem was that Uzzah thought his hands were cleaner than the dirt. Mm. And um, and so that's why he did it. But the dirt, God created the dirt. And God made dirt so dirt don't hurt, <laughs> you know. But but Uzzah's hands were sinful. Uh, Uzzah was a, a person that was sinful and, and tarnished with sin. And the Ark of the Covenant represented the dwelling place of God. It was holy and set apart from sin. And so when Uzzah touched it, he died for that reason. Even though in his mind, his motives were pure, he was disobeying God because he wasn't worshiping God as he desired to be worshiped. And he didn't understand that his hands were dirtier than the dirt that it was about to fall into. And a lot of people have the same mindset. We we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. We think of more of God less holy than he is. And, and so when Isaiah has that Isaiah 6 moment of seeing God holy, high, and lifted up, um, that happens in the midst of Isaiah 1 through 5. Like this is a people that are not seeing God high and lifted up. They're not worshiping him in awe. They, the fear of the Lord is not before them. Um, and, and so they're just kind of going through these motions. They're ritualistically going and worshiping him, but they're not doing it with hearts of repentance. And when Isaiah sees God and actually experiences his presence in the temple, he falls on his face and says, woe is me. And he's cleansed and he's purified, you know? And I think that's where the church needs to get to. As as American Christians, we, a lot of us, the majority of us are just as sick as these people. How do I know that? Hey, Matt, how do you say that? Uh, Isaiah 5 is, is how I say that. Isaiah 5, chapter 20. <clears throat> it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and valiant men at mixing strong drink who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of his rights. And that is our culture today. And the reason 
that Israel got to that place and God's pronouncing these woes or these judgments on them, uh, God's judging his people. And truthfully, if we're looking at this biblically, America deserves God's judgment as well. So what's in Isaiah 5, I think if we look at that, um, what do those call evil good and good evil? Is that happening in our culture today? Yep. Give me an example. Well, um, marriage. What do you mean? So um, our culture today says that marriage is not good because it is patriarchal and it binds both the man and the woman. And so you should just um, go and you can have a uh, partner, you know, you can live with them, you can play house with them, you can have sex with them, you can um, do all of the things that a quote-unquote married couple would do, but you don't You don't actually have to be covenantially bound to them. Right. Um, so they say that marriage would be evil and that, um, I guess, uh, fornication would be good. And then the yeah. church, obviously, the Bible says the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. that's just one. But I, Yeah, I think that's a good example. The one that came to my mind is abortion. Yeah, yeah. What are those who call good evil, mm-hmm. you know, and who call evil good? Yeah. Um, when you look at the pro-choice argument, and, and nowadays, so here we are post Roe v. Wade collapsing, mm-hmm. um, but but what people are saying is, I, I just saw an ad on YouTube, and it was to get rid of the Georgia governor because. He, we have the heartbeat bill here in Georgia. Every time I see that ad, I'm like, uh, yeah. So what the well, ad that is just saying? Helped my vote. <laughs> yeah. the, the ad is saying we need to get rid of our yeah. governor because he passed this restrictive, um, pro-life bill in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Once there's a heartbeat detected, you can't abort that child. Um, and what the, what the ad is saying, and it's this lady dressed up as a doctor. Whether she's a doctor or not, I don't know. But um, you've got this doctor in the ad that's saying this is a a violent bill and it's going to cause a lot of people to die. And and the argument is that if we don't allow women to kill their children, these women are still going to pursue killing their children to the point that some of them might die with sub-adequate medical facilities that are killing their children for them. Mm -hmm. And like – the whole argument for a woman's right to choose is that if this woman gets pregnant, that could be an inconvenience to her and she should have the right to kill her child. That's calling evil good. Mm-hmm. And then those that are standing up for the right of the children, they're saying that that good is evil, mm-hmm. you know? So um, <clears throat> we've, we've definitely got that checked off. Uh, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, which is pretty much the same thing. But like there, you've got the trans community mm-hmm. and they're putting darkness for light and light for darkness. You know, mm-hmm. this is the new definition of what a woman is. I'm a woman. And I'm true. Tra- I just watched uh, a, a clip and AOC was with a bunch of uh, trans people. Oh, absolutely. And she's sitting with them all. And, um, and it, I don't know if they're trans or I guess, I don't know, but they were, um, drags. They're, mm-hmm. they're dressed in drag. 
and uh, there's probably five or six, and she's talking to them and saying how sh- how proud she is to to live in a country with them, and and basically her whole point was you're patriots, mm-hmm. you're making America great, and you're making it what it needs to be by fighting this fight for the the trans movement, you know. Uh, so what we're seeing there is we're seeing darkness being portrayed as light and light being portrayed as darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and the example of that is if they were to hear what we're saying, we are going to be called a transphobic, mm-hmm. you know, and what we're saying is hate speech because what we're saying is that every single other person from now until the beginning of time has thought that a man is a man and a woman is a woman, you mm-hmm. know, and they would define a male as uh, somebody with the characteristics of being a male, right. whether that's sexual reproductive organs uh, or just DNA, you know, our DNA is different between men and women. Mm-hmm. And then a woman is a, a physically born female who can reproduce and have children and has that ability. Now, <clears throat> the the argument that comes from the trans community when you say that is, well, not all women can give birth. Some people, they can't give birth. But women are the only ones that have a womb. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones that are capable of being able to give birth. And so now there's this whole push for um, calling them, what is it, birthing people, like people. Yeah. Who can People give birth? Who are able to give birth? Yeah, and so like the arguments, it's not just women that can give birth. Trans men can give birth, and non-binary people can give birth. You know, but ultimately they're all women. Yeah, you know, a trans man is a woman who identifies as a male. Mm-hmm. She's still a woman. She still has a womb. She still has woman reproductive organs, and if she gets rid of those, she can't give birth. Right. You know. So anyway, uh, darkness is now light, and light is darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter? What are those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight, which is the the woke left people? They're wise in their own sight. And a, a good example of that is Demi Lovato, right? Mm-hmm. So Demi Lovato, she's a, a musician, 30 years old. And um, she, which you can call her she now. Yeah, officially. I saw that, yeah. But she's been changing her pronouns, and she was identifying as they, them. Um, so when you would talk about her, you would say they, which, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, <laughs> so she was they, them, but now she's back to she, her, mm-hmm. and people were like, what, what's going on? And and basically her argument was, I'm, I'm, I'm so in touch with my body and sometimes I identify as they, them. Sometimes I I am more feminine and identify as she, her. And right now I identify as she, her, but it's this ever changing thing and blah, 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 blah. But like, that's just narcissism. Right. You know, that's her saying, uh, I'm more in touch with my humanity than everybody else. And if you don't call me they, them, you're offending me because I'm in touch with my body and I know it so well. But then the next week, now she identifies as she, her. So for you to call her they, them is offensive. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, um, like to the point that Twitter was banning people that referred to Demi Lovato as she. Mm-hmm. Do all those people now that she identifies as she again get to be reinstated into Twitter? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy to me. 
Um, but they're wise in their own eyes and everybody else yeah. is a fool. Like you don't understand. I've transcended knowledge and I've transcended sexuality and I've right. transcended all these things, but we haven't. And, and you're proving that by going back and forth. It's not, tran it's not that you've transcended. It's that you're confused and you're, you're lost, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. but there is a creator who created you and he created you female and he created you distinctly female from your DNA to your structure, to your body, to your organs, to all of that. And, um, and you can try to reject that, but it's going to be this mental struggle and this mental fight, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of his rights. So this brings me to old Governor DeSantis. He uh, has recently suspended the state attorney for putting himself publicly above the law. And so Governor DeSantis has just came out and he's, um, he's, he's suspended um, the state attorney because what he said was uh, basically he is selecting who he's going to try and all of that. Uh, basically, so what he said was, uh, he demonstrated how the state attorney, his woke policy and selecting based on preference, who he puts above the law and makes the state of Florida a more dangerous place. He makes, uh, his case and publicly suspends the state attorney. And, um, but so what's going on is the state attorney who is trying to push woke ideology is, is deciding what cases he's going to go after and try based on his woke agenda um, and not based off of that government of the branch being blind, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but he is acquitting the guilty for a bribe and he's depriving the innocent of their rights. Mm -hmm. And um, so we applaud governor DeSantis for, for standing up and showing leadership and having a backbone. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but that attorney's not the only one doing that. There's a lot of people that right. are doing that. And, um, so anyway, all of that is, is showing God's judgment on a people because his people are sick. And uh, our point in this post is, America is sick. We are under the gut, the judgment of God. Uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of Christians that they hate Pelosi and they hate Biden and they hate the left and they hate the transgender community and they hate, you know, all this stuff. Um, and, and they're against all of that stuff. But the problem is, and this goes all the way back to one of our first episodes we're, we're getting the tables out of order. Mm -hmm. In looking at the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments, first three, first four. First four. First four commandments are how we properly worship God. The second six commandments are how we can relate to and love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. But if we're not doing the first four commandments properly, if we're not worshiping God as he desires to be worshiped, we're not going to be able to love our neighbor as ourself. And um, I'm doing pre-marriage counseling right now. And that's one of the things we've talked about is for me to be the husband that God's called me to be, I have to first be submitting to the Lord and worshiping him as he desires to be worshiped. Once I do that, it allows me the opportunity 
to then love my wife as Christ loves the church. And same thing for the wife. If she's not submitting to the Lord, there's no way she's going to submit to her husband. And if he's not submitting to the Lord, there's no way she's going to desire to submit to her husband either Mm -hmm. because it's not ultimately to him she submits, but to the Lord, you know? And so that's, that's kind of where I wanted to go with this and, and talk about is, is all of that. We are a nation under the judgment of God. Um, since 2020, a lot of that has been exposed. Like we're seeing God's judgment on us. We're feeling it. We're mm-hmm. feeling the effects of it. Um, a, a tyrannical leader is a sign of a nation under the judgment of God. Um, the, you know, the the virus outbreak is a sign of a nation under the judgment of God. Um, you've got the whole monkeypox thing, you know, we were talking about shots earlier. Um, but like, it's astounding to me, the reaction with monkeypox versus the reaction that we had with COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you're talking about how, you know, with, with masks and all of that, it's this virtue signaling. Um, but there was this push that the, the medical community, has said, here's what you need to do, and this is what's going to happen, and if you don't do that, then you don't love your neighbor, and you're in the wrong, and you're marginalized, and you're this outcast person. But with the monkeypox virus, they found out that 95% of the cases are in males who have been having male-to-male sex, mm-hmm. right? Um, so now what? what is the media pushing? They're pushing that while we want to keep people safe from getting monkeypox, we also don't want to degrade the homosexual community and make them feel bad, you know? Right. And so people are even saying that the virus, they're like, how are we still dealing with this? We we dealt with this back with AIDS, mm-hmm. you know? And and they're saying that this virus is, it's it's almost like, man, it's they're choosing to make this political. <laughs> well, no, it's yeah. a virus, right. you know? And, um, and, and, it's almost like God has a standard, right? you know? Yeah. So anyway, uh, but so now the, the push is not, hey, here's how it's spreading. This is what we need to do to stop it, all of that stuff. Now what they're saying is, okay, yes, there's this monkeypox and we, you know, we want to watch that. Here's some steps you can take to, to be cautious. But we know that the homosexual community is not going to stop living the lifestyle they're living. And so we don't want to make them feel bad. We want them to continue to do what they feel they they have the freedom to do um and and so we'll just get around that and as a medical community and figure out a way to help them mm-hmm. but that's not the case when people in the military were either going to lose their job or get the jab mm-hmm. you know they didn't care it's right. here's this this we don't know what this is going to do to you in the long term but if you don't take it you don't have a job here and you don't love your neighbor mm-hmm. you know um but the it's just it's you can see it's an ideology, even in how they're dealing with this monkeypox virus. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's um, it's the complete opposite. Everything that they were saying in 2020, they're saying the complete opposite here. You know, mm-hmm. you continue to live your life. You have the freedom. You have the right. We don't want to make you feel bad. We don't want to pressure you into doing something. We support you and your decisions. Um but, you know, we'll we'll figure out a different way right. to help in this virus. Right. So it's 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 God's judgment. Mm-hmm. And if we don't see that, which I think a lot of people are starting to see that. Mm-hmm. But 
the reason that I wanted to talk about this topic today is the fix is not just to get mad and go out and yell at people that think the opposite of us. Right. You know, uh, the fix for the American church is Isaiah six. Mm-hmm. We need to see the Lord holy. We need to fall on our face before him and allow him to purify us. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going through the motions, but our hearts are far from him. We have blood on our hands. We have sin in our hearts and we want to hoard our idolatry And whether that's pornography or whether that's adultery or whether that's woke agendas and ideologies or whether that's trusting in the government instead of trusting in Christ or whether that's whatever it is, you know what I mean? Um, We need to quit worshiping ourselves and we need to quit worshiping Demos, which is the God of the people, and we need to start worshiping God and his word. And even though... Standing against the people might cause some flack to happen. Um, we need to to stand with the Lord, and we need to to boldly proclaim, repent for the Lord is at hand. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? I've been talking a lot, man. No. Yeah. Um, I'd say that as far as I mean, yeah. I mean, you can. It's plain to. It's very interesting actually to watch. Um different things happen and just in light of Isaiah one through five, you know, and then you look at the state of our country in the past, you know, 10, 15 years really. Yeah. And it's like, man, it's just, it's crazy. Um, But I think as far as the church worshiping the Lord as he desires to be worshiped, you were saying, you know, one of the things that we have to do is we've got to see God as holy. We've got to fear him because ultimately, if we're not fearing the Lord, we're not going to obey the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? Um, I don't know how much I want to um, dive into this, but I do think that it does matter and it does affect how we worship the Lord. Um, I would say that as the church in America, I think our soteriology has really um, revolved around us for a while. So soteriology, what we believe about salvation. And the reason is, I think that we have put a cap on how sovereign God is. Um, How sovereign is he? You know, does he, is he sovereign over salvation? Is he sovereign over who he saves? Is he sovereign over, is he sovereign over everything or is he sovereign over certain things? Do I have to make a certain decision or do I have to make a certain action in order to be But do you think that that is the issue or a byproduct of the issue? Because I would argue that's just a byproduct of the, that's, that's the, you know, the sore on the skin because of the cancer underneath. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say that that's the actual issue though. No, yeah. I don't think that's the issue, but I think that's a big obstacle that we're going to have to. But I don't, I don't <laughs> you know think you I mean? overcome that obstacle by dealing with it. I think you overcome that obstacle by people properly worshiping God yeah. and having that Isaiah 6 moment. Yeah. When they see God high and lifted up and they see themselves as sinful, mm-hmm. he's glorified and we are 
made yeah. less. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, I, I think I think Isaiah is a great example of it. You got Isaiah one through five. You've got the the sickness of the people in the nation, but then Isaiah six is where he comes in contact with God mm-hmm. and His holiness, and then falls on his face and says, "Woe is me!" You know mm-hmm. that doesn't happen because the people come and say, "Hey, you're worshiping God wrong." You right. Know? It happens because he sees God holy, and mm-hmm. he sees Him high lifted up. He sees Him in His sovereignty. He sees Him in His righteousness, and he sees Him in His justice, and he sees Him in all of who He is, mm-hmm. and that is what causes him to fall on his face. God yeah. does that, you know? God deals with the heart from the inside out, and then that changes everything else. I think there's a lot of things that are wrong with the American church, but the fix is worshiping God as he desires to be worshiped. Mm-hmm. And the way that we do that is seeing him high and lifted up, you know? And so really this kind of ties back into uh, episode four for us is – Biblical worship versus Burger King worship. How do we worship God as he's defined worship versus worshiping him the way we desire to? And then episodes five, six, and seven is the tale of two tables, part one, two, and three. And that's where we look at the Ten Commandments and we break down the first table, how we worship God, the second table, how we love one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so if you would like more in that, I would recommend you go back and listen to episodes four through seven yeah. to, to, to fully um, get into that. So, yeah. any other closing thoughts you got, man? Um, no, I mean, I'd say, you know, we just have to worship the Lord based off of his standards, not ours, you know? Um, and I think that that runs a lot... Uh, I think that for me, whenever, like, as I've drawn near to the Lord, I've started to see that a lot of stuff that I did that I wasn't even realizing revolved around my own standards for worshiping the Lord. You know, like right. they, the reason why I did those things was because it made me feel good or it made me, ex- quote unquote, like experience uh, the Lord better, or it gave me a better experience at church or things like that. Kind of like what you said, uh, the last episode, letting scripture speak, you know, your yeah. affirmation. I think that's where we've got to get to a, a place of where we are allowing scripture to be our guide and not our traditions, not our, um, preconceived notions of, the character of God or right. of um, of what he calls us to as believers. Scripture has got to be our standard. That's how we're going to be able to worship the Lord as he desires to be worshiped because that's what tell, tells us how he desires to be worshiped, yeah. you know? So I think we've got we've to go to scripture, let it speak, and allow it to transform our hearts and transform our minds away from our traditions. And then there are certain traditions that are good. There are certain traditions that align with scripture, yeah. but you've got to put them to the side and allow scripture to be the standard. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. And and so I think like the practical takeaway from today, for those of you that are listening, you're like, okay, how do I go about if one, seeing if my head is sick and then how do I go about being made new? Uh, you draw to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and the way that you do that, one, you're in the word, 
to your spending time in prayer. And then that goes back to the ordinary means of grace, you know, spending time in the, in the word, spending time in prayer, spending time with a body of like-minded believers, spending time under biblical preaching, um, spending time with believers fellowshipping and doing the Lord's supper and baptism and discipleship and all of that, you know, get invested in a church that is seeking after the Lord. That's not bowing down to culture. That's not bending a knee to Caesar, but they're declaring Christ is Lord. They're following after him. There's biblical teaching of the word, um, and, and get invested in that biblical community. And, and through those ordinary means of grace, the Lord is going to reveal himself to you and shape you. And Romans 12, two happens that transformation of the the mind so that you're not being conformed to the image of this world. Mm -hmm. And so that is the call. Well, well, if you're still here, we love you guys. Have a good Lord today. And we will see you next week. Yes. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye.